for this trap. Too sexy for your girl. Black and Abdallah weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Abdallah has the night off. We're talking Bears football with you here on ESPN 1000. In case you missed it, we just had a song for the song of the night that was featured on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. And I, I put Dumb and Dumber as my number one Jim Carrey movie. It's Jim Carrey's birthday today. He's 61. Uh, Tyler, Jake, if you had to pick a number one Jim Carrey movie, what would you guys select? That probably would have been mine too. Dumb and Dumber, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that that works, right? You said the mask. Because well, that's the first movie I ever watched of Jim Carrey. So that that holds a special place in my heart. The mask? Yeah. Come on, Jake. Cameron Diaz. Well, from Way Downtown Bang, yes, of course. Why not? Uh but I, I always feel like the mask is something that I watched when I was a little, little kid, and I have had no incentive as an adult to ever seek it out again. Is it good? Probably not. But like I'm that, guessing it isn't. Is it but like that's close to my heart, so that's yeah, well, that's fair. Uh but I think Dumb and Dumber wins it all. I think I think that I think that's the right selection there. I saw some people in the Twitch chat saying uh liar liar. That's a good one. Um what was the one? Uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins or something? That was a joke, right? Like that's not real. Mr. Popper's Penguins? That's a kids movie, I think. I don't know. I didn't see it. All right, Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Big news today at Hallis Hall. Kevin Warren was announced as the new team president and also CEO. Uh, why did Kevin Warren join the Bears this way? He had to say this morning to the media. Many of people have asked me, why the Bears? Why this time? It's because of the, the challenge, the opportunity. I trust Ryan. I trust Coach Matt that we're going to do things the right way. We're not going to take shortcuts. We're going to build an incredible franchise. I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North, to win the NFC, to win the Super Bowl, to help shepherd and lead a stadium development project, to embrace our alumni, to embrace our history and tradition, and to embrace the absolutely incredible Chicago Bear fans. Kevin Warren also went on to discuss his role with the football side. Uh, Ryan Poles will now report to Kevin Warren, and that's how the Bears front office is structured going forward. Here's Kevin Warren on his role with the football side. And One of the things I've learned is when you build a championship culture, the questions and the ideal and the thought process of, who has the final say and all that really becomes irrelevant because at the end of the day, when we come out of whatever room we're in, we have the common goal and the common goal is to bring championships here. And so I think uh, my goal, I know every day, whether it's football, whether it's business, whether it's stadium, whether it's league matters, whether it's dealing with ownership is to make sure that we're prepared, we're organized, we're detailed, we're methodical. And I'm there as a resource. And as I say, honestly, I always look up, I mean, because this this is, I'm a very boring person. Uh, This is all that I do. You know, I don't have any hobbies. My wife's been telling me for years, you need to get hobbies. She finally stopped telling me that a couple years ago. She recognizes it's my family and it's my work. And, And this is not even work to me anymore. This is a unique situation. And so because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to come with no ego to be able to say, who do I know? Who do I know about someone? 
What can I bring to help the football operations to bring us a championship? Coach Dick Vermeil said something to me during our quest in St. Louis for a Super Bowl. Our first year, we were 5-11. and Second year, we were 4-12. Last year, 16-3, our Super Bowl year. Two things he said. He said a lot of things, but really resonate with me. The second year, he said to me, he said, once people in the building realize that not if, but when we win the Super Bowl, that all of our rings are going to look the same, that they'll put their egos to the side. And it was interesting at the ring ceremony, it was right. My Super Bowl ring looked just like Kurt Warner's. It looks like just like Marshall Fox, Orlando Pace, and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. It looked the same. And so that's one thing. The other thing that he said is you got to recognize that when you build a house, you build the basement first. So although you drive by a house and you don't see any progress upon land, that doesn't mean the building is not going on. And so I think with that and that common goal that, that, that Matt and Ryan and George and everyone in this organization will have, it will be a very uh, healthy environment. We won't agree on everything, uh, but we'll work together because we have a common goal of making sure that we bring championships to this franchise. So that's Kevin Warren on the football side of things as he talked to the media earlier today. Uh, Jason Leisure asked him about the stadium in Arlington Heights, if that's the focus. Uh, two-part question for you about the stadium in Arlington Heights. Do you view that as the sole focus of the organization right now? Yes, that's the sole focus right now. As opposed to any of the options? 100%. And in a best-case scenario where everything goes great as far as the construction and the closing and all that, when is the earliest realistic time the stadium could open? I'll be able to answer that question to you in about six months when I'm able to sit down and really review things. It wouldn't be proper for me to say it. i got to really sit down and get the information downloaded. I'll be able to answer that. I'd be guessing right now. So as Kevin Warren earlier today at Hallis Hall introduced to the media and to Bears fans, and I'd say, you know, if the Bears want to take that step and be in the category of the elite franchises in the, in the NFL, they got to own their own stadium. That really will take them to the next level. Uh, you look at other teams that have really made a splash in the last decade. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams uh, with Stan Kroenke building his $5 billion stadium out there, SoFi Stadium, owning the, the stadium. And basically the NFL network, the NFL network is um, kind of, right next to SoFi. It's all this one complex that's out there. So, you know, the Rams, the Cowboys, you think of the Giants. Even though the Giants don't own their own stadium, they're in the conversations of the elites in the NFL. You talk about uh, the Steelers, the Patriots, teams that have been there for decades, for a very long time, almost always successful. And that's where you see the Bears in a situation that not only do you need the stadium, you also need the football to, to be better, right? We need to see wins. We need to see Matt Eberflus take this team from last to first. It's something we've seen twice, you know, in this season. Uh, the Giants and the, and the Jags were not supposed to be playoff teams. They were teams of bad rosters that found a way to get to the playoffs. Kevin Warren was also on Carmen and Yurko after he spoke to the media, and they discussed this whole stadium conversation are they looking to make Arlington Heights a 365-day business for the Chicago Bears? I mean, I think that's the, the mindset. And, again, that's why I'm excited about digging into this project, learning more about it, seeing what we can do, what we can do to get better. Um, and so I, I just can't wait to get my briefing books and, and start digging into it. But, but that's a, uh, for our, our fans of the Chicago Bears to, to have that, uh, you know, th- 365, uh, 24-7 is really special. So that's where everything is pointing into the same direction. 
And if you missed the Carmody and Yurko interview with Kevin Warren, check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. It's on the Carmody and Yurko page. It's been a lifetime of bad, which seems to all be heading in the right direction now. You know, and like everyone's lifespan and, and lifetime is a little differently, right? Someone in their 60s may view the franchise differently than someone in their 20s. I'm 37, and the way I view the franchise is great history, can't get out of their own way. Very little success throughout my lifetime. Just what it is. The 90s didn't do anything for me. Uh, the 2000s, you had 2006, and you had some good teams under Lovey Smith, but it was like pop-up attempts. It wasn't really long-sustained success. And, and I think partially in the way football has kind of gone in the last 20 years, a lot of that has to do with the quarterback, right? Look at some of the great teams in the NFL. They all have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Now, if you can't get the quarterback position right, you're almost never going to be in the conversation to, to be in championship conversations, to, to, to win consistently, to, to put together the run of sustained success that we all hope this team can eventually do. And a lot of that rides on the shoulders of Justin Fields. If Fields is the real deal, we hopefully should get 10-plus years out of a very good quarterback, and then the wins should follow. You know, and like that's what I find so impressive about what we've seen in the NFL, especially the AFC the last couple of years. Look at the AFC right now. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lawrence. Those are your four quarterbacks who are still standing. I would imagine those four quarterbacks are going to be in the conversation for the foreseeable future. And yes, you can point to some other guys in the conference, Lamar Jackson, uh, Herbert, you, there are some other names that you can th- throw out there. Maybe Tua Tungavailoa, if he could ever stay on the field, battling concussions. There are some names that are there, but I think the four that are going to be in the conversation almost each and every year will be Lawrence, Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen. And, and that's where the sustained su- success on the football field comes from. It comes from the quarterback position. Why have the Packers been so good for my entire life as a Bears fan, it went from Favre into Rodgers. Two Hall of Famers, all-time guys, sustained success. Look around the league. That's what it is. Now, Pittsburgh has been able to navigate some waters outside of Roethlisberger as of late to stay around 500. They haven't won a Super Bowl without the quarterback. So, like, we can promote the Steelers as a team that, that almost never loses, They're not winning a a Super Bowl anytime soon. It's not going to happen. And I think that's where it all comes back to Justin Fields and what he can do. Uh, His improvement, the weapons that Ryan Poles can place around Justin Fields, what they do with the number one pick, what they can get back for a number one pick. They got to find a number one wide receiver. And they got to work on the defense. We took a call earlier tonight from Joey G, who, who kind of pointed out that Eberflus is not someone he's sold on. I agree with that take. You know why? Because the Bears were 31st in defensive yards per play last year. Second worst to only the Lions. And when you think about it, this team is supposed to be led by a defensive-minded coach. I think it's crazy that the 32nd defensive yards per play. If you told me the Bears were 20th, I'd be okay. Young roster, defensive coach, he's getting the most out of them. 
But when you're 31st in your defensive-minded head coach, you have to question, is it scheme? Is it also roster? Is it the, the coaching staff getting the most out of the players? You got to question what's going on there. So, so this is a huge offseason for the Bears. I think Kevin Warren is a great hire for the team. But really, it all comes back to the same thing. If you can get the stadium, the front office is solidified now, and, and things are moving in the right direction, now you have to win football games. The toughest part, quite frankly, sustained success in the NFL. Hopefully the Bears are on the right path. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. Jake and Tyler are here with me tonight. Abdallah has the night off. Blocking Abdallah on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Kale is also here with the guys. And uh, to to recap a story we we reported on uh, first here on Blocking Abdallah a few weeks back. Uh, do you recall that we we brought to you a story of a new television show called Milf Manor? You remember this? We we said that TLC has a new show that will be airing. 10-9 Central on Sunday evenings. It's called Milf Manor. That's right. You heard it here first on Blocking Abdallah. Life has given me some curveballs. I think it's my time to find love. I was married for 14 years. I want to get a chance to do me a little. Young men have much more energy. They think out of the box. I want that. Especially in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I am in this amazing, beautiful mansion here in Mexico. This is a perfect place to find love. Welcome to the villa. You're about to embark on a dating experience like none other. Let's go! I have an extremely high libido. Is that too much saying I have an extremely high libido? Should I just have said high libido? Ladies, where's all the men at? ready to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am. I'm just looking to have fun. Here we go. What the hell? It just got real. And the silence there in the uh, teaser trailer for the show was a twist. What is the twist with MILF Manor? I need a young guy to work around my box, right? Like, what's the twist? Now, when we first reported it, Black and Abdallah, first to report, and then it was lifted on the Cap and J Hood show the next day, uh, we reported that the rumors are that the MILFs will be selecting from a group of individuals that are their sons. You guys remember this? That, that, was, oh, the, yeah. that was the hot mm-hmm. rumor, was that... The reveal in the trailer is that all of the guys who are eligible to be dating the MILFs in MILF Manor are their sons, that I their think, sons will be there. I think Shay said that. Yeah, I remember that from Shay. Oh, Jake. You know, the, the, the last couple no, months. Jake, that's a fine. The last that's couple of months for you, Jake, getting uh, pushed all over the schedule. 
I mean, you're a good uh, Bluck and Abdallah producer. And then you, you fill in on the, the morning show a few times, and then you come with that. You give us the, well, I heard Shay say it. Yeah, you heard Shay say it after we did an entire segment on it at night that he was listening to. They even used our same jokes. We've covered this. Amazing. Jake, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back into get, the Give me back up to speed. We'll Sorry, get you back I only flow. got that version of it. Uh, well, uh, to bring everyone up to speed, Sunday night was the first episode. So I figured that we could check in with Milf Manor uh, from time to time and find out if the show is worth all the hype. Uh, so let's go to this Sunday's episode, the first episode, 10-9 Central on TLC. Here's a clip from Milf Manor. The moms get a blindfold and they have to go up and touch all of the young men and figure out by touching their chests and abs and shoulders, which one is their son. The two moms that figure out who their son is the quickest win the best sweets in the whole house. So the competition is on. Guys, what, what do you think about that? They line the, the gentlemen up. And the moms were blindfolded, and the moms had to go down the line and feel the the sons to figure out which one was theirs. I like that there's a, a prize here, because on a lot of these dating shows, there's no hierarchy to the rooms. It's very uh, equal. Everyone gets the same room sure. or same-ish room, right? But there's tears to the suites yes. in this one. Like, this isn't The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Love Island, all that stuff. No. There's actually something worth uh, worth worth winning here. So, uh, yeah, I like that. And no, Dad, my dad's in the Twitch chat asking if there something was grabbed. No, they, they, it was above the, the waist was what, what was shown on television. Not below deck. No. Yes, no. I need you guys to help me find my son if you want to hang out with me tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a clip from the show, Milf Manor, 10-9 Central on TLC. Joey? It's my son. As they go down the, the, the line. The moms get a blindfold and they have to go up and touch all of the young men and figure out by touching their chests and abs and shoulders which one is their son. The two moms that figure out who their son is the quickest win the best suites in the whole house. So the competition is on. Now, here's the thing. Seeing this and, and watching the clips, the, the sons are all about it. And the moms are definitely all about it. Where did they, where did they find these people? Florida? I mean, the, I, right? Like that. Yeah, this seems very uh, Florida. I'd guess a little. There's probably like pockets of South Carolina, I'd imagine, <laughs> uh, would be big players in this. Um, you could convince me maybe like some Arizona and California. Oh yeah. California, Los Angeles. There's definitely Los Angeles influence Newport, here. Newport. Yeah, oh Newport yeah. Action. Yeah. Any, any town that had beach at the end yes, of it. Yes. Yeah. Sign it up. <laughs> the palm trees, are a big giveaway. Palm trees. Yeah. That's what you need. I need you guys to help me find my son. If you want to hang out with me tonight. <laughs> oh my God. Someone help me find my son. She's blindfolded and she's walking down. Uh, the, all the all the guys are shirtless. They're standing in front of her in a line. She's blindfolded, with her hands out, just feeling, just touching, looking. Joey, it's my son. Looking for Joey, and none of the guys are saying anything. 
They're not budging. They're not doing anything. I need you guys to help me find my son if you want to hang out with me tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. So there you go. Uh, you heard it here first on Black and Abdallah. Uh, Milf Manor, 10-9 Central, Sunday nights on TLC. Do we think it has legs? The show? Did you watch? Uh, I did not watch. I saw the clips online. I forgot to watch. If it's on TV, I will watch it. Like, because TLC is a weird channel. TLC is the channel that has the uh, 90 Day Fiance. They they do have some odd shows. Yeah, and then they have the one. So there's one that's like 90 Day Fiance. And then there's like a spinoff of 90 Day Fiance where it's like a bunch of people who were on 90 Day Fiance who have now found love elsewhere. I saw they're on that show. And it's like the one guy... um, his name's like Cole or something. He has long hair. He has this his his mom who looks like a little a troll, and she, <laughs> she she's in love with a Canadian guy, this wilderness dude, and then they're like featured on the show. And she was like, "Oh, Cole, oh, Cole," and like they're like prime players on this spinoff show, and it is so strange. The whole thing is strange. Did I see this on Twitter today too? Where Netflix is making a show where it gets everyone from all the different dating show universes and oh, they're no. like blending it together to making a bigger dating show. Oh no. Like it's just going to be a the the Marvel of, of dating shows, right? Where oh, you get your your Spider-Man and your Ant-Man and your Aquaman and you bring them all together and you you shake it all up and you got a big dating show. Easy, Tyler. You're in the company of two uh, super fans of Marvel, and uh, you and I... Yeah, we already I, stirred that pot. We were, we were scolded earlier on, <laughs> on the merits of the Marvel Universe and what phase they're on. Yeah. If you put it like that, I'm going to watch now the dating show. Just got to compare it to Marvel each time, and I'm intrigued. What, what phase did you say that they're on? Phase four, actually. Uh, they're on the phase, phase four. four. So what is phase four? Every every idea is there's a multiverse because there are no ideas. Is that yeah, what yes, the phase? Like we're in the multiverse madness right now. You know, how multiverses. Is that, how is that multiverse is code for we ran yeah. out of ideas. We have no ideas. Yeah. So the idea is that there's just another one of us in a different universe. This, or there's so many ideas that they have to tell no, them no, all no, no, at no. the same time. See, that's why editors and producers are needed. You need someone to say that's a bad idea. And when editors and producers are eliminated then the talent have all they think they know the best that's why a producer is needed that's why someone within the marvel studios needed to say these ideas are terrible we need something better also they jacked this from was it uh disney or nickelodeon where they did like the crossover episodes where it was like Hannah Montana met Sweet Life of well, no, Zach did, and Cody did, didn't and all that. Did it start that's... with uh, Animation Dom- Domination on Fox? Maybe it did. Oh, did, yeah, probably. Did Family yeah. Guy and The Simpsons crossover at one point? Did, and then, yeah. Then uh, Futurama and, like, because no one has any ideas. Yeah. You just need a little buffer. And that's what, uh, that's what they did. I, I, I legit cannot sit through Marvel movies. All it is is green screen. There's nothing uh, tangible to any of it. Yeah, it's I just mean, green screen acting. Mar- Marvel's going to be a claymation series at some point. It's just going to Def- defend your honor, Jake. That's fine. Yeah. I'm going to watch. That's fine. You're going to watch claymation Spider Man. Y'all, y'all <laughs> hate not. On, y'all hate on it. And we're there's there's more of us. There's we, more we're, of us. We're going to take <laughs> over and a lot of people push <laughs> the box office. For every hater, there's, there's more ten more Marvel fans that take over. I don't know, man. I don't know. 
I don't like, okay. So what, so what, what's the next, what's phase five after you have the, the, what is it? March madness verse. We're not in have? phase five yet. We're no, still in phase I'm, four. I'm asking, yeah, what, what is phase, what is five? phase yeah. five? Well, it's we, not, the phases we, aren't. Oh no, here comes Kale. Kale, Kale is like Get beyond in there, Kale. excited to talk Marvel. So the phases are not necessarily the sagas. So the first three phases oh, were the infinity it was the infinity saga that's where that was the thanos thing those now the we're stones, in the multiverse right? they, they the, saga they the they're nice little the rocks yeah. yeah they're colored rocks yeah, yeah you had to yeah, collect yeah. them the okay. infinity stones they were like pokemon the you had to collect stones. them uh-huh and uh phase four and five both are the multiverse saga with kang the conqueror all movie all the movies are different though you got to give it a chance they're all different but overall connected in a wide spectrum also aquaman is well, not in Marvel, that's DC, man. Dude, yeah. they're Come all the same. Who, who that, said that is not the same? Batman, Aquaman, D- uh, Spider-Man. Marvel's great. Who, who said I'll drop Aquaman the is... Uh, that was probably me. Uh, I, Tyler, was what Tyler. are you doing? Yeah. You, can't, you can't cross the... the the brand. Listen, dude. Like, oh, line. I mean, please don't get me started on how DC has messed up their universe because they don't know what they're doing. They got a great Batman, but what are they going to do with everything else? They want to move everyone into a multiverse there. How can you handle that? That doesn't make any sense. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Abdallah has a night off, but guess what? He'll be back tomorrow. We'll be filling in for Greeny tomorrow from 10 to noon right here on ESPN 1000. Yeah, so if you uh, you at Twitter, uh, tweet Cap. Give him a little heads up. We would like to have some crosstalk at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning here on ESPN 1000 at the Catman. Let him know. Black and Abdal want to chat at 10 o'clock tomorrow here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So Abdal will be back tomorrow, and we will talk to you at 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000. Wild card weekend in the NFL. It was fantastic. Purdy scans, dances, and finds McCaffrey, who broke loose. Touchdown, San Francisco. It's Purdy to sneak it. It's a wall at first, but then he surges forward, and the 49ers are back in front. On second and goal here, he fakes, he looks, he's in trouble, but keeps it alive and finds Mitchell. Improvisation leads to a touchdown. They'll let him throw again. Wide open, Debo Samuel. Got a block from George Kittle. Debo Samuel, there he goes. Foot on the gas, all the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. A 74-yarder. Lawrence looking under pressure, throws wide open, making the catch. Marvin Jones for the touchdown. Lawrence protected well. Going deep, has a man open again. Shane Jones for the touchdown. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! It was perfect. As Allen looks for somewhere to go. And it's to Knox. Oh, it's a touchdown. What a catch for the fifth straight game. First goal. Beasley diving in for the touchdown. And 
the Bills regain the lead. On first and ten for the end zone. Oh, it's Gabe Davis. Did he get the feet down? Yes, he did. More. Barkley looking for a seed. Great cut. Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. Jones has a man wide open. It's caught by Bellinger for the touchdown. Fourth and eight. Game on the line. Cousins. Hawkinson. He not gonna get there, and the Giants will take over. Burrow looks underneath, chase to the end zone, touchdown. Jamar Chase carried the load on that drive. On the team, the shot downfield to Marcus Robinson is open for a touchdown. With him right around Huntley, he reaches. Oh, that ball's out. That's live. Back the other way, Sam Hubbard, the Cincinnati kid. Hubbard's got a convoy. Chased by Andrews at the 30, the 20. He Second and ten, Prescott projected, end zone, caught, touchdown, Dalton Schultz. Second and goal, Brady pulls it down, now throws it, intercepted by Curse. And there is a red zone interception for Tom Brady, his first as a Buccaneer. Opportunity for Tampa Bay on defense here, fourth and four. Good protection, and the pass wide open, touchdown Lamb. If in fact this is it. For Tom Brady, all I can say on behalf of all football fans is thank you and appreciate the memory. Oh, I thought Troy Aikman was going to cry there. Uh, shout out to Jay Cantu for making that wild card weekend montage. Great action in the National Football League from uh, for around the weekend. And it was really a fantastic weekend of football. You know, I, I think a couple of things off the top. I, I would say this. If I were to label the name of this segment, it would be called stats don't lie uh the minnesota vikings the stats don't lie you were projected all season long to being a fraud and you were you lose at home 24 you you lose 31 to 24 to the new york giants with daniel jones as their quarterback you get a home playoff game and you lose to daniel jones you are a fraud you finish the season 13 and 4 and when i say stats don't lie we have been told all season long that Minnesota is not worthy of what their record shows. And what I mean by that is if you go to DVOA, Football Outsiders has uh, advanced analytics. It's basically a metric that compiles every snap down in distance into one stat. And it's pretty good at predicting success in the NFL. Aaron Schatz is the one that created Football Outsiders in the DVOA uh, metric. A Minnesota is 28th overall in DVOA. They were 20th on offense and 27th on defense. Another stat that didn't lie besides DVOA saying Minnesota was 28th in the NFL is that Minnesota's defense was 30th in defensive yards per play. They were frauds. They won a bunch of close games that went their way. And yes, you could argue that they made their own luck and they won those games. But they were a fraud when it came to actually showing up and winning a home playoff game. And they lose to the Giants. I think the other thing to take away from that is offense matters in the NFL. Because I was looking up the DVOA stats for Minnesota to talk about this segment. And I noticed that if you look at the teams who have advanced to the divisional round of the playoffs, for the most part, those teams are all top 10 offensive teams when it comes to DVOA. Buffalo is number two. 
San Francisco is six. Philadelphia, three. Kansas City, one. Cincinnati, fourth. Jacksonville, ninth. New York Giants, tenth. The only team that is still standing right now that is not in the top ten of offensive DVOA is Dallas. The Cowboys are the only team. Every other team that made it to the divisional round of the playoffs have a top 10 DVOA ranking. So when you say, does, does offense matter? Do defense wins championships. Not anymore. This is an offensive league. The best teams who are efficient offensively are the teams that are there in the end. And if you ask, you know, Minnesota was 28th overall in overall DVOA. How did the other teams rank? So here's the overall ranking in DVOA for, for the teams left in the playoffs. Buffalo's the number one team. San Francisco's number two. Philly, three. Kansas City is four. Cincinnati, five. Dallas, six. Think about that. The top six teams are all into the divisional round of DVOA. Jacksonville is 14th. So just a little bit better than halfway, right? Like they're, they're in the top half. And the Giants are the outlier. The Giants have gotten to the divisional round as the 22nd ranked team in DVOA. Now, you could take that piece of information and say, well, the reason they got there, they have a top 10 offense. And you're right. So uh, I know it's, it's kind of a joke on this show to make fun of Abdallah for referencing DVOA. But a part of the reason to why we reference it so much is in the divisional round of the playoffs, six of the eight teams to get to the divisional round are the top six teams in DVOA. It's not hard. It's not, it's not surprising. With the amount of data that we have at the end of this season to project out that six, the top six teams all get to the divisional round. And yeah, Jacksonville, a little fluky. Nine and eight on the season, 14th overall in DVOA. It's a little surprising, but they had a top 10 offense. The Giants, extremely fluky. But I could also add this. A part of to what makes the Giants fluky to get to this point is the fact that they played a total fraud in the Vikings who hosted a home playoff game. Chances are if the Giants faced off against anyone else, in the first round of the playoffs, they probably would not have advanced. But because Minnesota was so poor and they just won a bunch of games, even though the stats said that they were not as good as they really are, they're bounced. I thought it was interesting. It was interesting to kind of look at the numbers when it comes to DVOA, advanced analytics with the NFL. It's something we pay attention to from week to week, and to see it actually play out in the playoffs is intriguing. David Woodridge, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. What do you got? So, can you hear me okay? Sorry about that. I got you. What's up? So, what I don't, I think you're kind of, to say a team that's 11-0 and in one-score games, mm-hmm. it, it, that they're fraudulent, Yeah. That's a, that's, I don't think you're giving them enough credit. And I, listen, I want to say this. I can't, I'm a Bears diehard. I hate the Vikings more than I hate the Packers. So, there's no, like, you know, I'm, there's nothing. I have no dog in this fight other than my opinion, right? So, and then you said that um, you had mentioned that 
you know, you kind of said Daniel Jones got, you know, he beat yeah. like, as if Daniel Jones isn't a good player. Average at best in my book. Come on, dude. He's a good player. He had a he's great a, game he, against Minnesota. I'll give him that. Right, but he's, he's not a great player. He is him. He's, I would say, at least half the reason that they're where they're at this year. You're saying 15 touchdowns, five interceptions is a great player in today's it's NFL? It's not just about numbers. You're making everything seem like numbers tell the story. That's the point of the, the segment. The segment was called Stats Don't Lie. I no, titled this. I, I, this I, is I, one of the but, rare segments that we titled before we started. The no, title I, okay, of the segment. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, I'll give you that. Stats Don't Lie. Right. That's exactly what we're doing here. I jumped in, just got into my car. I didn't hear that. But, okay, so, but, but I still want to talk about the fact that this isn't the Vikings winning is winning. You know what I mean? Like you, if you go, you know, they had the season they had, that's not fraudulent. You know what I mean? Like they won, they won those games and teams that are good traditionally in one score games. Those are the good teams. I'll actually make a side bet with you. I will make a side bet with you straight what, what up. Are we, what are we betting? A Turkey club? I don't know, but seven and a half points. I'll bet you screw the points. Oh, I will wow. tell you, I, I will take the Giants straight Look up at, US at Philly. You're taking Giants over the Eagles. Yep, straight up, no spread. All right. So you're going to remember me next week. <laughs> Am I? I hope you call. <laughs> I appreciate so, it. Well, I'm just saying, what's the bet? What do you want to do? I think you, I think I said a turkey club. Turkey club, it is, and I will hand no deliver mayo. it to you. I don't want mayo. No, man, I don't like mayo either. I, I do want avocado, so you're going to have to oh, throw in probably a buck fifty more. Oh, that's fine. I love avocado. Just no mayo. Mayo is disgusting. I, dude, I can't even look at it. I know. It's brutal. It's disgusting. All I right. could not agree more. At we least agree we can on agree on that. Or, or yes. Oh, awesome. That's great. Thank you for All the right, call, well, I will be in touch with you All about right. that bet. Okay, straight up. No and by spread. the way, you guys, I, I, I really enjoy your show. You guys have grown on me. It's, uh, I, I enjoy listening to you. I know. We, we were bad at first, right? Yeah. No, I'm not saying that at all. I didn't really listen to you. I used to listen to, um, what's his name at, at night? Uh, Cap in uh, Hood. Hoodie. Not Cap, but Hoodie. Yeah, Jonathan Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I listen to their show in the morning. I love I loved Cap's a goof, but you know what are you going to do? I know. What are you going to do? Hopefully some crosstalk with him tomorrow at 10. There you go. I'll be tuning in, man. Perfect. All All right, right, buddy. Well, I wish you luck. I I am going to wish you luck because you can take – we don't need the points. Remember, this is a straight-up bat for a turkey club. Yeah, SVP winners. I got you. All right, my man. You take care. All right, David. Have a good night. All right. You too. The name of the segment was Stats Don't Lie. That was the premise. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Thank you to Tyler Aki, Jake Cantu, Caleb Jacoby for producing tonight's show, Black and Abdallah. 
here weeknight 6A right here on ESPN 1000. Remember, tomorrow morning we will be on at 10 a.m. We are in for greening the next two days. Black and Abdallah in the mornings. For the next two days, in for Greeny, right here on ESPN 1000. Abdallah will be back for both shows. So if you could help us out tonight and tweet at the Catman to let him know that we have crosstalk at 10 a.m., that he can't leave before crosstalk. Tomorrow morning, it would help us out. We would love to have some crosstalk with Cap and J-Hood. Tomorrow morning, right here on ESPN 1000. Everything's good. I, I uh, listened to a lot of the show today. I think things are okay after the headphone incident from last week. So I think it's good. I think we'll have a good crosstalk tomorrow and we'll all uh, enjoy our time tomorrow morning at 10 right here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah, we will be in for Greeny. Uh, George McCaskey today introduced Kevin Warren as the new president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. And he talked about the other candidates for the job. This is what George had to say to the media earlier today at Hallis Hall. Thank you to all the candidates who devoted their time and energy to the process. We're grateful to them for their interest. Our search was truly international in scope across a wide spectrum of talent and experience. It was gratifying to hear many candidates say that they were happy in their current role and weren't really interested in making a change. But when they heard it was the Bears, they were interested. Okay, so that's George McCaskey earlier today. And a skeptical Bears fan may say, ah, international. Okay, someone's, someone's going to take this gig because of why, why would they, you know, what is it? Well, if you missed it, Yurko had some sneaky news today. You know, he's been on a roll. He had two big stories last week that he broke uh, today. Uh, giving us the information that there were other candidates, one from the international soccer world and another from the NBA that were up for this job that Kevin Warren took. So so that was the news from Yurko earlier today. So when you hear George McCaskey say that it was an international search, Yurko's reporting is confirming that there was someone from an international soccer realm that was involved and then uh someone from the nba which is pretty cool to hear i guess as a bears fan because you know for years and and kind of the whole thesis of all of this hiring kevin warren it goes back to this idea that this team has been very ma and pa right the corner store they don't they don't take uh, credit cards only cash and yet it seems like all the moves that have been made as of late reflect this idea that this team is moving into a Fortune 500 company uh, direction. Uh, you know, touchless payments, uh, making everything uh, streamlined. And that's where I think what caught my ear is Yurko's report of saying someone in the international soccer world, there are no bigger sports franchises in the world on this planet than international soccer teams, European soccer teams. They are the biggest of the big. And if the Bears were talking to someone in that world to take over this job, that, that makes you feel good. And also, it makes you feel good that they landed with someone who, who has the credentials that Kevin Warren had and has 
in his time working in the NFL and then also as the commissioner of the Big Ten. I think it's going to be a great hire. Uh, obviously, Yurko also said a a person from the NBA. That's in, that's intriguing as well because it seems outside of the box, right? And I feel as if with this franchise, it feels like things are very uh, inside. Uh, hiring from within, people who are familiar, and the fact that they're going uh, to wide lengths to get opinions and to interview and to have candidates that are up for these jobs who are not from this world, I think is pretty cool. And it shows the foresight of the franchise to, to move into the, to the current times, to move into the future, and to make Bears fans who are younger proud that maybe someday this will all get turned around. I think today was a good day to hallow us all for the Chicago Bears. Black and Abdal will be back tomorrow at 10. Carmen in North Riverside, you want to say goodnight to the people? Good night, Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.